Welcome to Alternate Realms, the podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Mike. I'm Lance. I'm Ryan. And today we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange, which, if you haven't seen it by now, what's wrong with you? Get out and go see it. By the hoary host of Hogarth. Yes. We're going to go around the table and give our one to two minute review. So This is have, spoiler yeah. free. Who wants to start off? All right, I'll go. All right, Lance, All right. the veteran. There we go. <laughs> I'm the old man at the table. What was the first impression, Lance? First impression is... To me, it was probably one of the more accurate uh, depictions of comic book to movie that I've seen Marvel do, which was very refreshing. The last time I saw something like this, and there's been other you know reviews similar to it, was the first Iron Man movie. It, it, it's probably one of the most accurate ones. Everything else, it hints at comic books, but it's really its own entity. This really did take a, a, a strong, strong call. They worked very hard to make that work. Visually, it is the most stunning movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, it's phenomenal. They, this is something that they took out of the 70s. Steve Ditko's artwork, very 70s psychedelic, uh, trippy effects. But you're along for a wild ride. Mike? Oh man, it was like an LSD trip, but it was <laughs> it was definitely an amazing movie. Um, like Lance was saying, it was very reminiscent to you know Tony Stark's first introduction in the MCU. I thought it was an amazing movie. Um, personally, that's one of my favorite Marvel characters, so I had a strong attachment to this movie. But minus a strong attachment, um, I think it's it's on par with I would say. Iron Man, um, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, it's it's one of the top. I, I would say Civil War is kind of its own thing because it's not so much an introduction but an, an event. There were a few things now that like we've taken some time to think about it that, you know, when we get into spoilers, I'll go over that I felt, you know, one or two things like, I would have done it differently, but like it did not take away from the movie. I thought it was an amazing movie. Right? Um, well, since I never really read any of the comics since I'm the youngest here, basically from the other movies that in the whole entire Marvel MCU franchise, all of it was based in our world or in Guardians of the Galaxy. It took place still in our universe, but someplace else. In this movie, it's just completely different. The visuals, everything, was just mind-blowing. The visuals for me were probably Oscar-worthy. And I know that might sound crazy to some listeners and or casual fans. They think that, oh, a Marvel movie winning an Oscar, that how could that happen? But we live in a world where The Dark Knight won an Oscar. Very true. Um... I mean, we and and a lot of people would argue because The Dark Knight came out in a year where there were ten Best Picture nominees, which they hate. They hate like like superhero movies and they Oscars. Hate superhero movies, yeah, but, but they shouldn't. It's an art piece. They, they 
It, no, no, Dark Knight came out a year before they did the 10 film category. And I think the 10 film category for Best Picture at the Academy Awards was because people complained that the Dark Knight wasn't nominated. Doctor Strange damn well comes close because as a film as a whole, uh, sound, visuals, acting, it was definitely the most intelligent script it's of a, the Marvel films. Yes. yes. Because if you, it, I know for a fact that if you're going to hold it up against Iron Man, Iron Man, they actually, for a, a while during production, they say, actually didn't have a script. That a lot of it was improvised. They were really working with sort of this script that was like morphing into a story. Whereas whoever sat down, I, you know, we should have looked that up before, but whatever. The, right, the screenwriters of, of Doctor Strange were clearly, you know, doing their homework. First impressions, there were no plot holes. It kind of reminded me of in Inception in a way, visually, mm -hmm. but more fun because it's got that Marvel it's, Comics right. comedy. It's got it, the it's like an Inception comics. acid wash. Right. Yeah, but and with that's art and, yeah. and funnier characters. Right. And that's another thing that I loved about it was how funny uh, Stephen Strange was as a character. Which, because I'm like, which is interesting because like, I've heard know. people say he's a dick. Well, that's, but like that's it meant to be that way, right? He's a and and but people hated that, like which, in certain reviews. Well, no, that's what the beauty of Marvel mm -hmm. is: how he sort of epitomizes the Marvel character, which is a flawed hero who learns responsibility. How he learns not to be a dick. Spider-Man gets picked on in school, right? And he's got to worry about picking up Aunt May's medicine. Or now, that's what I always—I've always been a Marvel fan because the characters were realistic. They lived in New York, just like me. Yes, I'm a kid, and I'm just looking out my window while I'm riding in the car. Like, who's swinging by? Possible Stephen Strange. He lives on Bleecker Street. Yeah, and they gave you his address. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, Greenwich Village. You know, next time you're in the Which village, actually, I, gotta, I gotta find this place. I think yeah. it's the writer's apartment that wrote Doctor Strange. Um, put that in as as like you know where a little the sanctum is. Yeah, yeah, as a little reference. But I, not even just for this movie. I just the way Marvel is written overall, it brings the reader into the universe because it's the shared and, universe. Yeah, right. It's that not was a separate Stanley's, place. It's intent. not Gotham. It's not Metropolis. It's not these the, these fantasy places that supposedly live next door. This is where you live. This is next door. Yeah. How can you not walk past a Flatiron building and not think Daily Bugle? It really? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you expect these things. Yeah. And you grow We're up in Greenwich Village. You're looking for the Sanctum. I mean... And it's That's hidden. But so that goes into spoilers now. Warning, though, we're going to now continue the story right, with spoilers. Make it so clear. We're, we're letting you know now. You can pause, go see the movie, which we highly recommend, and then come back and continue. Because we're going to go in deeper into the movie and may reveal things you're not ready to hear. And but, like, oh, but come back to the podcast. Yes. Remember, put us <laughs> on pause. Don't stop. Just put us on pause. Right. And you're going to get a review from all ages. So you got really old. <laughs> really? You have to put it as really old. Yeah, right? really, really right, we're old. We're drinking. We're drinking. We now. got, yeah, you <laughs> got deep cuts. No, just, <laughs> I'm just playing. You got, you got older 
and damn you, you kids, got... get off my lawn! <laughs> we're we're not gonna we're not gonna reveal how much older, but um, then you got you know millennials, you got younger, right? Who's never read middle, a comic and then and you got complete wise, you know, youth that knows pretty much a lot about comics for someone his age. But um, we'll put it this: we have about three generations. He prefers of, of comics here. That's he prefers um, the MCU and and visual, right? right. You'd say well, a like, little more like, visual. Like mo- most kids or people that's first getting into the superhero genre are now getting it more visually as opposed to literary material. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it's digital on an iPad or watching movies and TV shows. Yeah. And now they actually they have a device where. You put it in um, like a pair of goggles, and you can wear it, and you, it actually takes you inside the comic book with sound effects. Like you're still reading, but it's more instead of like a like a video, it's more um, virtual reality, and you get to like hear the sound effects, the pows and the bams and the, the explosions. Back in my day, we yeah. had the viewmaster, and you had to click it. <laughs> you had to put the little disc in there and click it. <laughs> So this is your last chance, folks. I think we gave enough time. <laughs> you got, you got a three, two, one. All right, spoilers. Doctor Strange is a doctor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which he makes sure that you know several times a, throughout the movie. He's a dick. Um, Specifically in neurosurgery. He grows a beard. Um, Angel One dies. Oh my god. Um, I think everyone knew that. Well, if you read the comics. But um, wow, you started off with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone knew that. Yeah. Um, no, no KY in that one, huh? No. <laughs> Let's start about right. what we liked. What did you like? This is a character from the seventies. You're taking forty years of story writing, and you're putting it into a two-hour flick in the hopes that there's enough material there to intrigue us to come back for more. Which, in my opinion, it does. The origin of him. I think it's told extremely well. They tell the story visually, how they, they can show the, 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 the wealth that's pouring out of his ass and that, you know, <laughs> it, the, the pompousness of him it, it, and he, where he picks and chooses his patients based on how much fame and fortune it may bring him as opposed to whether he could use his intellect and skill and ability to actually save people. That's exactly how he is in the comics. Mm-hmm. And they, they show it so well. Yeah, he refuses patience, and he's pretty much a dick in the comics. Mm-hmm. And one comes back and bites him in the ass. Um, how do you throw Rachel McAdams out of your apartment? <laughs> how, do you, how do you just look at her Because you're, you're a narcissistic dick, and you look in the mirror and say, I'm back. I mean, that, that, that really put weight go. to it. They um, needed that scene. She walks into his apartment... She walks she in with like she has her own key. Walks in with key. groceries. Yeah, remember because when she leaves, well, he could wipe his own ass. He, she needed to help him, and she, and he throws her out. And of he throws her out. They needed that scene to really show the audience this guy's a dick. Yeah, because he couldn't the other shave. stuff wasn't enough. You yeah. still like him, and even when he's first meeting uh, the ancient one afterwards, he's still a lovable guy. But at that moment. When he throws her out of her, out of his apartment, and you just automatically you're just you're not with him at all. You're absolutely right. 
Yeah. And they needed that to show I think, to really bring him down to bring him back up again. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch does an amazing job in acting and and portraying that you hate him. <laughs> and when he gets to that breaking point, you know, it, it, it's it's really believable because then he's literally sitting in the doorstep when like he's gone through like this acid trip and you know, like you really feel bad. Like, you know, they should let him in. And I think he did a great job. I think it, it reminds me of the old Kung Fu movies. Now I grew up with, um, cause I'm the old one. <laughs> I'm the ancient one. <laughs> Teach us. Um, well, I used to watch what on Saturdays after the cartoons were done. There used to be drive-in movies, right. which was like three to four hours of Jackie Chan old school kung fu movies, where we all make fun of them. Where you move your lips and no sound comes out, right. and you, you you dub it in English later. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> and. The student had to humble himself before the master, and you see them for days or weeks at the doorstep of the monasteries, waiting, begging, pleading to be let in and to be taught and humiliated by the master. It was like five hours. <laughs> but, but, but it's, it's reminiscent of it. Remi- it's the, yeah. the story that you have to humble yourself and... For me to even be in yeah, that, I mean that was that was right. that was you his. have to be you you have to I have to know that you're going to be willing to do exactly what I say. The ancient one, just like in the movie, knew who he was and why he was there, and was willing to help. But it had to go through the motions, almost like the kung fu movies, where he had to break through his mental barriers to get through the physical. And that's really what it's about. It's not about the physical world that we live in. It, this is all an illusion. It's almost like Matrix-like. But we all live in the illusion. Yeah. And there's so many other layers of this reality that you have to get through. I felt like the first part up to that, there was really like, you know, more of an introduction as him as a doctor and like you discussed. And um, now we're up to... You know, he meets the Ancient One. The Ancient One, when he meets the Ancient One, the spoilers, is um, he at first he doesn't realize that the Ancient One is Tilda Swinton. And she's this bald white woman that's um, from, she's Celtic. She's from, what's it called? She's from Scotland. Um, bringing them tea. Bringing them tea. <laughs> and they have a stereotypical ancient one. And this is something that I love throughout the whole movie is that they kind of throw in these little jokes, but it doesn't feel forced. It's almost like it just, it flowed. It flowed and it wasn't, it wasn't like one of those jokes where it was like, okay, ha, ha, ha. Like you generally think it's funny. And they just kind of like put those one-liners right at the right moments. So I thought that was so funny yeah. that that it ends up like not being this like old Confucius looking, you know, Asian Tibetan man and it's it's actually Tilda Swinton. I actually felt better that they did that because it made me kind of accept Tilda Swinton and I think she did a phenomenal job. I think she was, you know, one of the reasons that this movie was so successful. Because the way she kind of like flowed throughout the movie. So 
like we're going to get into, um, you know, we're going to get into like the villains. So, um, what's his name? The actor. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen. So Mads Mikkelsen, who plays the, um, Caecilius. Regarding Caecilius, (laughs) he got his name. Um, so yeah, so then you get into, you know, Caecilius and, you know, he was also a phenomenal actor when, when he stole the ritual. the ritual that played like right into the comics and when, when he fought Matt, um, when he fought Tilda Swinton, that scene is what I was talking about. So in the beginning, yeah, in the beginning. So Tilda Swinton, she was kind of like very Kung Fu, um, like it kind of reminded me of like, like you were saying, like the old Kung Fu movies when they first fought and like, they were trying to like put the, I don't know if, if, if they're going to call it, but the, um, Crimson Bands of Sidorak right on her feet. Like they, they, they do like one, two and they try to pull her down. She's just like so strong. She's manipulating, you know, the entire like world around her, um, I think she did an amazing job in the way she moved and the way she looked as like an old Kung Fu master. I I will grant you that. Though I wasn't a fan at first, because again, I'm old school and I'm, I'm I'm expecting probably what a lot of old school fans were expecting. As you say, the Confucius looking character, like to me, Jackie Chan with a beard visually would 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 have been my expectation. Like what um, Quentin Tarantino used Sonny Chiba in Kill Bill yes. as like that old master. Yes. yes. Right? That, that's kind of what I would expect. Though she grew on me very quickly. The way she portrayed the character turned, the, turned my, my, my thoughts towards her. Though it wasn't the visual I was expecting, the character portrayal was done exceptionally well. Yeah. That I'll definitely grant her and Probably within ten minutes after this first scene, uh, I, I I was sold. So then, the reference to the Living Tribunal's uh, staff—that was freaking amazing. I mean, yeah. you know the Living Tribunal exists now. Yeah. I mean, um, what was it? The the boots of Voltar. The the, uh, yeah, the the vaults of Voltar. The vaults of Voltar. Right, which is another dimension, another source of magic, which is something that they describe in here, which. I don't think they they've ever done previously in in any kind of um, uh, uh, storytelling on screen, uh, where they actually say that magic. We are in Thor. They say magic is science. You're saying in the MCU. In the MCU, though, now they're saying magic is just another energy source, right? And there's just different ways to tap into it. We tap into solar. We tap into water to get electricity. Right. Yeah, they're, they're saying magic is another energy source, but we tap it into it from other dimensions. Right. They're putting it on the table, that magic exists. And that's what I loved about it, was that, you know, we didn't skirt around, like, in Thor, they had to say, you know, magic and science are one and the same. It's it's magic. I loved when you see the monastery, and you see all these monks that are, like, training. Because a big thing about his character is he knows, you know hand-to-hand combat. He knows Kung Fu. And, um, you know, they, they portrayed that. They portrayed, like, before he's doing magic, he needs to know hand-to-hand combat. And that's a big thing. 
that, you know, I felt they touched. They, in this movie, they, they check off everything on the list. It, at least my list, they checked off everything in terms of Dr. Strange. Don't want to get into the negative about, like, Eye of Agamotto, but Eye of Agamotto, I mean, they have, like, these relics, and that's a big thing in the comic. Mm-hmm. Later on, Dr. Strange, he's gone through his training, and, you know, there's all these ancient books Usually would just, like, have a character read a few books and, like, oh, he learned. But, like, they explained he's an amazing doctor. He has photographic memory. Now, because he has this photographic memory, that's how he's able to learn all these books in, like, a day. that quote in there. He goes, well, I have photographic memory. That's how I was able to be a a surgeon. Right. And I also like they didn't go the montage route. Yes, they actually show him training and, and studying. And forth to the, to the library. Yeah, they didn't rock it. You know, like they didn't show the the training montage. Right. They actually, it was like I guess the whole second act of the movie was him going from guy who doesn't know anything to guy who knows something, and then the third act of the movie is him becoming right. Doctor Strange. Uh, and yes, they, just the one line. Well, I had photographic memory explains away yeah. wh- why it's going a lot faster. That and he has astro projection and steals books when uh, Wong isn't looking. One yes. of the funniest scenes. One of the funniest scenes. scenes. The funniest He's scene. like Beyonce and then and then you start listening. He starts, Wong actually listens to, what was it, like Single Ladies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also like that was like the, that was probably the funniest scene in I also like how Mortar's, like Dr. Strange, like Mortar gives him this paper and Dr. Strange like says, what is this? And Mordo just says, oh, it's the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> so it's like... We're not yeah, savages. Not, like, in this monastery, not, not expecting to see, like, most modern technology, and there's Wi-Fi. I mean, again, right, like... Ryan, we gotta hear from Ryan. Yeah, we gotta hear from... What did you love about the film? Um, I liked how, like, the visuals were, like, confusing, but also entertaining. Like... It was mind-blowing, world-bending stuff going on. But one thing that they did in the movie, which I liked, is in the Eye of Ogamoto, they just said it was an Infinity Stone. They didn't have anyone speculate, because normally people had to speculate, what is an Infinity Stone, where is it, who has it now? Now, you actually know, officially, a person has this and what it does. Right. So I thought that was very good. I also liked it, how they made like his cloak of levitation sort of a person. It was, it was like a, yeah, it was like a whole another like character, even though it didn't have an actor or anything. Mm-hmm. It was like another person just there. Right. Are right, you want to go into negatives? They jam packed everything in, and 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 they touch upon as much as they can. But the one thing, the one thing out of this whole movie, and it doesn't take away at all from the movie, but um, the sense of time when he's training. So you got the beginning of the movie. And this is your negative, right? Yeah, this is my negative. So you, you got the beginning of the movie, and, you know, the pages are stolen, and um, Cassilius is now going to decipher them. They mentioned that he's going to decipher it. And then it cuts on to Strange, and Strange is a doctor, and Strange is a dick, and Strange <laughs> goes off a cliff, and, um, you know, he winders to Tibet, you know, the whole story. Um, 
then, you know, it cuts back to him after he's learned all these spells from his photographic memory and the sense of time. You know, it's it's like you're talking years that like he went through all these different, you know, tests, um, you know, medical procedures, years of him trying to get his hands to work. And Cassilius has a freaking piece of paper that Dr. Strange deciphers, like, in, like, you know, a turn of, like, the Eye of Agamotto back in time to read what it is. But in all this time, like, he's not, you know, there's really not a sense. Like, even if they gave me a scene that, like, Cassilius and, and, you know, his disciples are just, like, banging their heads on the table, like, trying to read, you know, what it is. I mean, that to me, kind yeah. of, like, it was, it, and it does take away from the movie, because, like, when you first see it, it's like a roller coaster ride. Right. You're, you know, everything was amazing, you're in complete awe that, you know, you're seeing Dormammu, spoilers, on the screen, and you never thought you'd see Dormammu, or you'd see Doctor Strange, and all these crazy Steve Ditko effects, but, you know, when when I kind of had, like, a few days, and like I said, like, after we saw the movie, I was like, I need at least a little bit of time to go back and think, and, and that's the one thing that kind of, like... Well, I think what you're referencing is the luxury that you have in a way, with a TV show. Like, if Doctor Strange was made into a Netflix show the way Daredevil was, you can get that. Yeah. Maybe another way of looking at it. Okay, he gets the papers, and, um, you know, maybe this was not in the past. This was, you know, in the present, and then you go back to the past, and then it brings you up to speed. Like, the way it kind of flowed, I mean, if we have to say something negative, because I love this movie, <laughs> that would probably be the only thing... And then one other thing, I mean, I'm not so big on the Infinity Stone being part of the Eye of Agamotto, but I understand that that's like a plot device to depower him. Um, because once he loses that, he's not going to be able to control time. I mean, he was able to use it to fight Dormammu. So I understand in, in terms of the MCU but in the comics, like, it's it's the eye of Agamotto. You can't take that away from Doctor Strange. That's a good point. Yeah. What they did show to buy time is, remember, he had to take over the three sanctums. And that's what slowed him down from being able to summon the portal to Dormammu. That's, that's true. So it was those little battles that let Doctor Strange catch up. But I'll be, I'll, I'm in agreement where this, this mere apprentice is holding his own better than well-accomplished sorcerers. I, this is before he had the cloak of levitation. The Eye of Agamotto, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how to master that at this point. And his little chains and, and buckler shields is all he really had to defend himself. I agree. Against a master sorcerer. And... And they couldn't have just said the friggin' Bands of Sidorak. Well, it didn't look like the Bands of Sidorak to me. Alright, so... Very yellow. Explain. What's, okay. What are the Bands of Sidorak? Alright, in the comics, one of his 
major go-to spells is the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. Sidorak is one of these ancient gods. There was eight of them back way back when. And they had a little contest on who was the strongest ancient god. Sidorak um, made a gem. Sidorak is the source of the juggernaut's immeasurable powers. Oh, the right. gem of Sidorak is what Cain Marco read the inscription and became the juggernaut. Oh. That's why juggernaut is so strong. Sidorak is an ancient god of strength and physical power. Hence the Crimson Bands. So Doctor Strange summons the Crimson Bands of Sidorak. These are bands that would hold something back, uh, whether it's done as a field to wrap your opponent with, chain them down. These are unbreakable bonds. Now, what we saw in the movie was not these effects. They were, and they, they, they were are literally bands. Crimson Bands. They were, were chains. Chain. They were orange, yellowish chains, mm. and which. Would, to me, would tie in to his apprenticeship. These are minor spells, not major accomplished spells. But you're, where you're really right. tapping into I, I just, ancient magic. I really hope that they're not just making it like you know the stupid sling ring. That, I mean, that's another thing. That, uh, that, that was so what, what, stupid. What do you mean? It, it was the, that artifact How that he had that looked like one of those like really cheap like rings, like those brass knuckle rings that people wear. Westside. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And it was a sling ring, and it, and 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 it teleported you. I mean, like, come on, like, like that was like they they kind of like made it like you know Harry Potterish like. I, I know you're a Harry Potter fan, but they and, took a cue from Harry Potter. I mean, you can't blame but, them. But I, it's Doctor Strange, and <laughs> I think I think they could have just conjured. It could have been a spell. It didn't have to be like some like everybody who's a sorcerer comes with a sorcerer. Um, you know, like when you're a sorcerer, the, the apprenticeship comes with a ring. It comes with, like you know, you joined a club. Yeah. I mean, they're merchandising. I mean, <laughs> you know, people are buying up sling rings now on the internet. I mean... <laughs> well, we can touch back on that when yeah. we go over the powers. Powers, yeah. Right, because it touches back to the um, Doctor Strange that we have in the comics today. Yes. We're you talking an artifact that everybody got. I mean... Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. They're selling sling rings like hotcakes in the mystic world. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're a sorcerer, I got something for you. But something contradicting You want to see Everest? Is that each, apparently each sorcerer got a different magical artifact that specifically chose that sorcerer. That was cool. Yes. That, was, that, was, that was something that was kind of unique. That was my favorite part, was when the cape chose him. Yes. yes. Well, as you said, Mike, that, that's very Harry Potterish. Like the one. Correct. I didn't like when it wiped his tears. I thought it was kind of like it was it was amazing like depiction of the cloak of levitation, but like it wiped his tears. Like why? Like that was actually wiping his blood off his face. It was okay, we'll go with blood. I that was kinda like his wife. See, I kinda liked that. It It, made it it, it, first of all, visually, it it looked like a cape. It yeah, looked yes. like cloth. Right. They I like couldn't when it was have been actual out. cloth. It no, had it to have been the CGI. whole thing. Had or bashing that guy's head. CGI. That was that, the funniest that thing. Was a, that was probably the funniest thing in the whole movie, aside from the Beyonce yeah, thing, where he just kept bashing his head. And now we know the first thing that you said to me, Lance, after the movie ended was, that could be the magic carpet for, from Aladdin. Yes. Which is, now, now Disney is on that 
trend is to create live action versions of all their movies. The effects of Aladdin in a cartoon, you're never going to get as, as good in the movie. But then they the made the cape look like an actual piece of cloth yes. that beat up somebody. Right. And, which, and it, it behaved and thought pretty much on the exact same lines as the animated magic carpet. Right. Yes. And I loved that. It, made, it gave it like this innocent... It was another uh, character. Another character. Right. Which is amazing. I don't even think we got into your negative. My negatives... Because we love this movie so much, we're going back to well, the Well, there's pod. not, yeah, there's not Th- many. There's really <laughs> not a lot. But you said I, you had some. I, uh. Again, it, it was so good. It, I, I agree with you that it's a shame it was too short. That they really could not expand the way that we would love to have seen. Like, if, if it was a surreal TV show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or a mm. Netflix show. Which would never you, happen with those effects. No, but, but yeah. where we could see... How it progresses. Yeah. Here, a lot is left up to the imagination. I think even just add some weight to his training. Like, you know, like, just show him get beat up a little bit. I mean, like, they put him on Everest. He came back. But, like, that was, like, so minor. Like, show his combat skills. Well, they, I, I have to disagree because, to me, beat on by in the movie, though. see, I think he did. I don't remember once, until the end, the third act of the film, he kind of brings the strength. But he gets his ass kicked by Mads Mikkelsen in a way. If it wasn't for that, the chain thing that trapped Mads Mikkelsen's character, he would have lost. True, which was really and he got cool. stabbed. He was gonna die. That was had cool. Rachel McAdams, uh, Doctor Palmer was it yeah. Christine Palmer? Yeah. Had she not saved him, he would have died. So he could have lost. I, I didn't get the impression that he. Um, well, unless you're what are you? You're arguing that he should have sh- he should have had more. Hand-to-hand combat. Well, yeah. You, you show him fighting with Mordo. And he gets his ass kicked. And he gets his ass kicked. But I so think that helped. But that's training it helped him and it, it humbled that's him. That's true. I think, I think that built, made the character better. Because if he was this brilliant magician, sorcerer, who's all-powerful, more powerful than the Hulk, Captain America, and Iron Man, to have him be, um, have that physical martial arts ability. Right. That would have been overkill. I I like the idea that he was just this arrogant doctor who who just becomes a powerful sorcerer. And if you got into a fist fight with him, you you probably win. But then it's, it's his brilliance, it's his mind. Yes, it's and he uses his time. intellect yeah. in unique ways that allows him to overcome his failures. Right. Because as a sorcerer, he he's a beginning sorcerer. Right. You know, just even using the, the the small little portals to steal the books, yeah, is a brilliant use that the other guys have never done before. Yeah, yeah. His, his intellect helps overcome his shortcomings. Right. I really didn't hate anything in the movie. It was pretty much all good. But if I had to do like one specific thing, it would probably have been like. The part where Dormammu just gets fed up with him. Like, why would an all-powerful being just be, like, fed up with a guy that just, he could kill forever? Like, so he like, could continue on still. Even though he could still torture Doctor Strange forever, nothing was preventing him from going outside of the bubble that Doctor Strange created for himself. Well, he was kind of trapped. But I see what you're saying, like, you know... It, it was kind of it was kind of silly that he just got so frustrated by the whole thing, and then was just like, 
fine, let's let's have a bargain. You know, like I, I almost feel like you, you ever read like Dante's Inferno? Yeah. Like how like the devil is trapped by his arrogance and he's freezing himself over. Like I guess you're like you're saying like. You know, why didn't he just not give up? Like, what if he just... He's like, you know Talk what? We could do this Dante. forever. We just went to Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno. <laughs> I mean, that's what it kind of reminded me of. He manipulated the god into giving up. Yes. Which shows, not that he's more powerful than... He's than smarter. Him, but he's smarter, yes. And that's how it is in the comics. Yes. Um, back to that scene, though, with, with the device. Remember the device that um, Cassilius got trapped into? Oh, yes. How do you guys feel about, you know, the director, Scott Derrickson? He was actually directing movies like Sinister, um, Deliver Us from Evil, a lot of horror films. I felt like that was, like, something that was out of, like, a horror movie, which was, like, an element that I was interested to see into seeing in this movie. And I felt a little bit, like, of a horror theme, Mm. which was, you know. It reminded me of a couple of things. It reminded me a little bit of the original Pinhead's black strapped vest. It, you know, looked almost like a, a straight black straitjacket. Mm-hmm. Combined with, uh, Ryan, you'd remember this with, um, uh, what's the panda? Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Kung Fu panda. Yeah. Jack Black. Jack Black. Remember where he had what, the, the panther? Trapped up in those, uh, yeah, right. We're <laughs> going from hard to, to it's oh. all tied. It's it's all, all ties together. together. <laughs> My mind is filled with useless knowledge, <laughs> right? But he had him trapped in a device very similar to that, where yes. his, his arms and legs were bound. Yeah, you know, leaning he forward. Do anything, and he couldn't move. Talk, he was hog tied. It looked like something I saw. Like it was cool. Like it would, it could have killed him. Like, right. right. But but I thought it, I thought it was interesting because I wanted to see that like you know horror aspect to it because he's fighting demons he's going to extra dimensions and to play off what you said with the scene with Dormammu I love that they had Dormammu I and I understand that like they they had to do the character that way but something was a little off like maybe they made him a little like Ghost Rider like if they made him more like Ghost Rider I'm saying. Because they made him like a pumpkin with like revolving circles. Like you guys remember the original Tron? Oh yeah, the original Tron, where the the bad guy was the CPU, mm-hmm. central processing unit. You kids <laughs> won't know what that means anymore. <laughs> that, that was the, the 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 circuit that actually ran the computer. Uh, but it was a face in a almost like a twirling cylinder. Uh-huh. Which is kind of like uh, almost a very similar effect to Dormammu. Okay. But what I so I agree with Mike that I wasn't crazy about that that visual. It looks like Zordon. Just pull up an image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's it. That's from Tron. <laughs> it, it looks like. I, I guess Zordon has more of a face. He also looks like the Kool Aid guy. <laughs> like, oh yeah. What? But but yeah, I mean, so they could have done something better. But it, it hints to me that they're capable of doing Galactus. I was just gonna say that, <laughs> and maybe more excited for Galactus when oh, 20th right. Century Fox finally gives up the Fantastic Four 
It'll get transferred but, over to the MCU. But if I think and about this, won't be a cloud anymore. Think he about won't this. Be a cloud. See, I understand why they made him a cloud. I get it, and I like Tim Story. I think Tim Story did both Fantastic Four one and Rise of Silver yeah. Surfer. I understand why he he made that choice, but I want to see. But it was wrong. Yes, we want to go to the cutscenes. Uh, the cutscenes. The cutscenes. The end credit scenes. We're gonna go right to the end credits where there are two. So make sure that you stay for both of them. Right. We had a, a guy who, who tore our ticket to get into the theater yeah. kind enough to tell us. I guess maybe because people missed it during Civil War. Because there were two end credit yes. scenes technically Correct. for Civil War. And I, you know, I, I would have stayed because you, now you know. They, right. they, it's funny. The um, MCU sort of created this uh, tradition, uh, changed the movie-going culture in a way, where... Um, People are now staying to the end of the credits to see this scene that leads you into or hints at the next movie. Yes. And um, the Doctor Strange one was awesome. Yeah, with Thor. Yes. That was amazing. So Thor shows up. I wish my, my beer right now could do that. Thor shows <laughs> up. The fact that you had Thor sitting there having a conversation with Stephen Strange, Thor drinking a beer... He downs it really quick, and all of a sudden, you just see the beer just shoot. He's like, I'll have another. <laughs> and also, it's not a mug. It is a pitcher yeah. it's that a he's drinking pipe. by himself. Yes. That was awesome. Oh, that was it's amazing. The Doctor Strange outfit was now his full-fledged Sorcerer Supreme outfit. He had his gloves on and everything. Right. We see the And whole... that's the big question. Is he Sorcerer Supreme now? They don't kind of say it, but he's got the yellow gloves. Like, oh, yes. right. And most of them, yeah. traditionally... I didn't Doctor think they were going to do that. No, traditionally, Doctor Strange is always seen with the yellow gloves with the black arcane spots on it. You never see it throughout the movie. Right. But during you know the end credit scene, as Ryan says... He's got him on. This is a year one Stephen Strange. You have to keep right. that in mind. Like Doctor Strange Part Two is going to be it's going to be Sorcerer Doctor Supreme. Sorcerer yeah. Supreme, and you actually hinted that'd be a good title instead yeah. of the typical yes. Doctor Strange Two. No, but it has to be. I mean, it has like to they be. have to add Sorcerer right. Supreme to it because the ancient ones out of the picture. I mean, there's no other way to really. You know, beat around the bush at that point. So he's got to either lead up into it or he's got to pick up as the Sorcerer Supreme. And we already know that he's cocky enough to remind you he's a doctor. He's a doctor. You think he's going to let it slide that he's not the Sorcerer Supreme right now? Here's my <laughs> question. Does he go back to being a doctor? No. Can he? How does he make a living? <laughs> How does he pay for that awesome bleaker street apartment? I think he doesn't have to. Sanctum protecting all interdimensional. Listen, listen. It's troubles. all funded by sling rings. <laughs> it's all funded by sling rings. I'm I'm sure we'll have, that's the way to explain it. Store. They're on Etsy. It's an, no, Etsy. No, Etsy. <laughs> You're gonna pick up a sling ring today. Uh, <laughs> yes, even that's you can have a sling ring. <laughs> Travel through dimensions. <laughs> Go all the way up to the peak of Mount Everest at your whim. Enjoy the sling ray. <laughs> Do you want to see a Yeti? <laughs> Go on a vacation to any dimension you want. <laughs> Meet Dormammu. <laughs> <laughs> He's giving tours. <laughs> Before he eats you. <laughs> Before we even move on. So, the meeting of Thor and Doctor Strange. Oh, yes, yes. He have to stick to that, yeah. Thor needs Doctor Strange's help. 
Why? Because Odin is missing. Odin is missing. Now, I've seen pictures on the internet, so you basically have Odin dressed as a homeless man, which I think is amazing in the streets of New York City. Which they call Hoboden's. Hoboden! That's actually what they nicknamed him. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. But what's interesting is, and this is our prediction, um, so you have, you know, he, he basically mentions, like, your brother and... Um, the Asgardians need to be found at this point. You know, we need to find my father, Odin, who's a homeless man. But what's interesting is after Ragnarok, all the Asgardians. Now, Ragnarok, do you want to take it from here with it, Ragnarok? Uh, Ragnarok, even in true Norse mythology, is their end of days. Mm-hmm. It is the, their, their apocalypse. It is the great battle between good and evil where Thor fights against the Midgard Serpent, which is a giant snake that actually is large enough to encircle the planet. Okay. And is apparently the son of Loki. Is one of the children of Loki. Who did he have, who did Loki have sex with to <laughs> make a giant snake? I don't know. He had sex with multiple things because he had a snake. I mean, he, he had, had a, a snake, wolf. A giant wolf. And he had a horse. And the queen of hell. Oh, yeah, he had a dead lady, and he had um, a horse with many feet. And actually, his, his father. rides on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and again, these, these were originally. He is technically transgender because he could turn into a lady if he wanted. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's that so true. Yes. Trans- Forever. For- he could transform into a woman, he's transformed into a kid. He could transform basically into anything. As a trickster god, he's a master illusionist. Okay. As well as a shapeshifter by nature, also. Yes. Yeah. I mean, these are all. He could, he could turn us. Though Marvel uses these gods as superheroes or supervillains, they are really mythological characters. This is really, you know, you could read this in literature. That was brilliant of them back in the day to to tap into that and make them into comic book characters. A lot of times now, you see um, filmmakers try to go back to the well, make a new Hercules movie. They try to recreate movie franchises around them. But Marvel did it back in the day in the comics and made them into comic characters. And we have these new interpretations and these better interpretations in many ways with these new stories. And a a, a character like Thor and Odin can live on and meet guys like Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. And they, they explained it that, yes... The ancient cultures considered them gods. What else would you consider them based on what they can do? Right. Marvel has turned them, as you said, into aliens. Right. You know, they come from another dimension. That was a you smart know, move. It, 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 it's aliens. They have you got all the gods. I mean, you got you Hercules, Hercules. You, you got, got Thor. You have the Egyptian you got Zeus, gods. All the, the Egyptian gods. Right. It's the pantheon of gods. Yes. You know, they have their advanced technologies, and they approach the Earth. Millennia ago, and the different cultures worshipped them as we probably would if we saw advanced civilizations coming down and showing us what they could really do. Right. Uh, so, they did uh, amazing things. So back into um, Ragnarok, as you were saying. Right. So what happens is, as Thor realizes, whether every thousand years, every two thousand years, all the Asgardian gods die. Mm-hmm. And then they start all over again. Just so they could die again. Thor says, this, enough of this. I've had it. I'm changing this. 
and went on a quest to change their destiny. This is the comic. This is the comic. And you guys could actually look into this uh, with Thor Disassembled. Okay. Um, all the Avengers, about every decade or so, the comic lines, Marvel, DC, the big guys, they try to redo the universes. Try to make it where it's understandable again. Uh, some theories is to make new number ones so they can sell more books. Well, that was, that was recent. Yes, but now sometimes it's they kind of always just tell stories of... where we have new guys coming in. Let's simplify our universe so we can get back into it. When you look at the comics that inspired Thor Ragnarok, what do you think? Do you, do you see it going in that direction? Or do, are they going to, in the movie world, going to mess with the timelines well, to make it, it make they, sense? They're already messing with it. They're messing with it. They're combining a lot of different stories. Uh, such as we've seen hints of Planet Hulk, right? Where he's in his gladiator outfit. Uh, you know, again, you're, you're, this is the eleva- elevator pitch version of Planet Hulk. Uh, the Illuminati or the Avengers send Hulk out into space to get onto another planet where he could rage out without harming anyone. Now, what what caused that? What did he rage out once, and it was like this nine eleven catastrophe? Yes, yeah, okay. yes. I mean, literally in the future, he becomes Maestro and he takes over the entire world. That's a, like, an old, right, no, that's we're going the whole thing, but but he's always decimated like the city. He's the Hulk. He's there's times where you just can't control Banner, and Banner just unleashes the Hulk. So what's interesting is you got Reed Richards, you got Doctor Strange, you got Black Panther, T'Challa. And they're the Illuminati. And they sent off the Hulk because he was this danger. Um, then he winds up on the planet Sakaar. Correct. But um, going back to um, Ragnarok. So now where it takes place is actually during Civil War. And where Ragnarok ends is actually right after Civil War. Thor comes back from Ragnarok. So now this cutscene, we speculate. This cutscene at the end of Doctor Strange. At the end of Doctor Strange, we speculate, takes place after Ragnarok. Because what happens is, is that, you know, like you were saying, Thor goes through this quest to basically stop Ragnarok from always happening like it's been happening in mythology. And he basically goes on the same quest that Odin went on. And ripped out both his eyes, became, you know, what is Rune King Thor. And what happens is, is he fights the gods above the Asgardian gods. And he's strong enough at that point to kind of overthrow them and stop Ragnarok from continuing. So because he was able to do this, you know, he changes everything. And the Asgardians, they come back. But they come back like how Odin is a homeless man. They come back as ordinary people on Earth. So Thor needs to go seek out these people. So now my prediction is now that he's finding Doctor Strange, he needs Doctor Strange's magic, his all-seeing Eye of Agamotto, or whatever it is because Eye of Agamotto is now a time jam. But he (laughs) needs to seek out this magic that Doctor Strange has to be able to actually find out who's an Asgardian, 
who's um, you know a guy flipping burgers and McDonald's. I mean, he needs to utilize him after the fact. So that's pretty much what I think. I don't know what you guys think. If you think it's different, if you think that maybe they might end up doing it different and they might doing it, might do it before, um, you know, like they might do it a different way in terms of timeline. Timeline, I think you're 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 right. For two reasons. Mainly, we know that Thor and Hulk were nowhere to be found during Civil War. So, where were they? They had to be somewhere else. Where were they? In Asgard, dealing with this Ragnarok scenario. So, it had to been taken pretty much the same time frame as Civil War. Um, but that would be weird, though, if the ending credits scene of Doctor Strange took place after Thor Ragnarok. Because it would be weird to give the audience a scene that a technically what is a, a hidden scene to a movie that they haven't seen yet. Wouldn't well, that be weird? Or is maybe, End credits have always been a hint towards a movie that hasn't been released yet. Right, but not... But, but not, you're saying time... time the, but they would be... This, they would, that scene would take place before the events of the next movie. So now is Thor in, a, in Ragnarok in a situation where he needs to find his father, goes to Doctor Strange, ends up in this interplanetary scenario where he meets Bruce Banner. Like, I, I, I can't see him going after Ragnarok back to Earth because that would sort of spoil the ending. For everybody, it was like, oh, we know Thor ends up okay. Well, not necessarily. He back and he meets because you're still up to speculation, and I think, I mean, I can't seeing, I can't see it being part of it because Ragnarok has to somehow happen in its own way. So yes, it ends, but it ends in a way that he stops it from happening ever again because it ends. I mean, the Asgardians. You know, they reborn, like they're always reborn after Ragnarok happens, but um, it's they're reborn in a different way, and it has to take place after, unless they pretty much, and this is like something that I hope they don't do, is speed through Ragnarok, the actual Ragnarok, and then they kind of give you Planet Hulk. MCU, as we all know, mm -hmm. does not follow the comics book by book. They take basic storylines, especially like Civil War it was a they great action to. movie, but it, it disappointed me that I was a big fan of the Civil War. You're a fundamentalist. Yes. You like to, you want to see what you've read as a, as a kid and as a young right. adult, as a grown-up. I want to see the visuals. You yeah, want to see, see it, it play yeah, out in front of me. You, you want what fans of the Lord of, Lord of the Rings want. Yes. They, they wanted to see their books, which they loved almost more than religion and their families, translated to the big yes. screen. I don't know if I really need that. I go back and forth because for me, I want to see a different story. I want to see something that's reinterpreted. But then don't call it what you're calling it. Don't name it after the book and then not do the book. But they did sort of. I mean, certain things. I mean, like, when you get Civil War, I mean, like, they can't do certain things. Like, they didn't to have, like, degree. more than half of the cast of... Yeah. I remember the big thing you for know, me from... Um, I'm, not, I'm more DC than I am okay. Marvel. 
Which is great. <laughs> right. But so for me, I, I'm, I've, I'm used to seeing the movies butcher the, the <laughs> But for me, I, and I, I never really cared that much. Like the Joker killing Batman's parents, right? I never cared about that as a kid. But I know a lot of hardcore fans did. And then I heard um, Scott Snyder, the writer of Batman, um, these past few years, he thought the the way they wrote the original Batman film was great because you have, you know, act one, act two, and by the time act three rolls around and you find out that the Joker killed Batman's parents, that makes the whole conflict more personal and it ups the stakes. So when you go into the, the ending of the movie going, wow, now it's, it's even more important. It's even more of a crazy situation because this is the guy that created Batman in the first place. So when you make those tweaks every now and then, it's, it's, it, it could help. And to tell you the truth, I, I know you love Civil War, but I never quite agreed with the big major plot line of Peter Parker revealing himself as Spider-Man. Oh, no, I hated that part also. You did? I agree with you on that. That is probably one of the most core values of Marvel Comics and Spider-Man. Right. He, of all people, protected his identity better than anyone. And he would never reveal his I think no. it added but I think weight. that's what... I mean... It did add yeah, weight. But that's, I think, man. for me, I, I read Civil War. That, to me, was the storyline. Was, holy shit, yes. Peter Parker took off his mask. And, um... By the way, spoilers if you haven't read Civil War. Right, right, right. <laughs> the, the book version is vastly different. This is the spoilers book. section, yeah. as we said. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think, like... But all right, so let's get back to what we're talking about because <laughs> we, we, we've now covered like twenty different books. Now. Okay, so yes, I agree with you. Where the the end scene is typically leading to the opening scene of the next movie, right? So the end scene of Thor coming to Doctor Strange for assistance may be their version of it that leads into Ragnarok. Doctor Strange, I need your help. We've lost Odin, and this is the beginning of Ragnarok. Right, because they could also show what happens to Odin, why he's missing in a flashback. And right. also, yeah. they said that Hela's going to be in there, and Hela is basically in charge of Hell, where maybe Thor needs Doctor Strange's help to go to Hell and Hela to get the souls of all the Asgardians back and bring it to the regular world again. That's a good Since hell is a different dimension and right now with the technically the rainbow bridge is sort of broken still. Yes. Because remember Odin broke it in the first storm and Thor broke it with that. Thor broke it. So he would still need help to travel to the other dimension and as we've seen in Doctor Strange, he could bring Random amount of people to any dimension within seconds. What a sling With sling ring. <laughs> you set that one up, right? Or he could just send it. Or remember, he sent them to the mirror dimension within seconds. So, what I'm thinking is maybe he'll have to bring him and Thor and Loki will have to go on a mission through hell to find all of them and bring them back to Asgard. I think that's a great idea. But I want to move to the next scene. Yes, there was a second one. Yeah, the the second one where you have Mordo, and now you finally see Mordo because spoilers. Mordo's at the end of the movie, the bad guy yeah, he's a bad, bad guy. And but when he shows up in Doctor Strange, 
originally he's he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a hero. Well, he was always bad. He in was the always comics, bad. He was always but bad. He's he's a student of the ancient. But but if you look at it this way, in the movie, the ancient one basically says, you know, Mora's got his demons. It means that like he was, and and the way I took it, he always had something wrong with him. He wasn't a lawful good character to begin with. He just used this way of the mystic arts to kind of like battle his demons, kind of keep himself in check. But once he felt that the the ancient one betrayed him, now at the end of the movie, at you know, the last, you know, scene that we get to see is um him basically finally going to um what's the guy's name? Yeah, he was the guy playing basketball. Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt. There you <laughs> go. How do you remember that? Because I, that's the actor who played him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we could have sent Joe Schmo. I would have no. I wouldn't argue with him. Well, so, yeah, that. So in this final after credit scene, what happens is, is that Mordo's finally like, "Fuck it, I'm going to kill sorcerers now," because you know the way of sorcerers is, you know, they're always they have to. Like, the biggest rule was that they can't tamper with reality. They can't tamper with time. They there's do, always rules to follow. There's always rules. Now, sorcerers are always going to break these rules. So I'm going to break the sorcerers. And he's basically hunting them down. Which leads into, you know, the next movie, obviously. Um, any predictions as to, like, the next movie? I think in the next movie they're going to show Sh- uh, Shimagora. Now, for, for casual fans like myself, who is Shimagorath? Shimagorath is an extra-dimensional octopus with one eye. <laughs> and, um, Dr. Strange here. Um, he is, I think Lance, like, I'm going to go always back to Lance. Lance knows all the deep cuts. Yes. The closest thing, if you someone into horror or occult kind of a thing, it's kind of, kind of like a Cthulhu. Okay. Yes. Right. So picture that where Dormammu was the all-powerful, godlike, omnipotent Is being of Dor- his own Dormammu dark dimension. Or I pronounce it Dormammu. Dormammu. I don't. Most know. people just say Dormammu. It's got Moo in it. Let's go with it. <laughs> There's a Moo. <laughs> Dormammu. Anyways. Dormammu. So it's Dor- right. Dorm- Dormammu or Dormammu. Well, remember this is. I'm typically reading it, so how I pronounce it in my head works for me. It works. It's like that debate that DC fans had when Batman Begins came out. Was it Rajagul or was or it Rajagul? Tomato, tomato kind of a thing. Or Krypton, Krypton. And Marlon Brando say Krypton. Yeah, Krypton. That, that, <laughs> that, that you got British yeah, actors that, like that wasn't right. Marlon Brando's American, but it was funny that he yeah. was just like, "I'm gonna pronounce the Krypton." You know, like, oh. he didn't give a shit. <laughs> But that was 1970. He gets yes. a slide. Yeah. There's it's also Marlon Brando. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, you know, like the recent Star Wars movie, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Falcon. Falcon. So where Dormammu is the ultimate ruler, a, a godlike entity of his own dark dimension, Shumagorath, this Cthulhu-type demon, is one of the most all-powerful, mystical, magical creatures in Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't he exist on Earth? 
like in like the dawn like of like Earth, a, like or a something. primordial. Yeah, version. yeah, he's one of the primordial entities or whatever. So he is also where Doctor Strange in the comics has, though he interacts with many villains, you know, alongside with the Avengers or whatever, he has his rogues gallery, if you will. Mm-hmm. Dormammu, Mordo, uh, Shumagorath, those are the three top ones. You know, where you always have to have someone of power high enough to make it worthwhile to bring this character well, into play. Well, he's also dealed with Mephisto a few times. Yes, Mephisto, who is Marvel's version of Satan. But but the fact that they were able to, like, express time travel. I mean, time travel is a really big thing. You see it, like, in movies like X-Men. But, like, on the scale where there's time manipulation and the way that the visual effects portrayed that with the eye of Agamotto and Apple and, you know, the way he was able to play time loops of himself to Dormammu. I mean, that was amazing. Yes, the... the it, it's not even just the grand thing; it's the small minute. But that's that exactly, and 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 that's what I loved. But going forward, it's like it's almost like are they really going to take away his eye of Agamotto? Because we know in Infinity War that Thanos is going to need that. They confirmed it as an Infinity Gem. Well, that could easily be the Act One of the movie, which is get rid of Strange, take his. Infinity Stone, and then by the end of the movie, he loses it. Well, Thanos loses it to Doctor back to Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange is instrumental in in stopping Thanos. So you, you so you get rid of the so the, like the main Earth team loses in the first part, but then they get then since Captain Marvel is in the middle of the two parts. When they get Captain Marvel, she's powerful enough to get the stones back to... Well, since Vision also has a stone in his head, he would have been... Yeah, so what you do is you get rid of Strange. she would be able to grab back the gems, give it back to Vision and Doctor Strange, and... And then Thanos is done for, yeah. So then they could all just overpower him with... Or it could be in the comics, so does he, like, literally give up. (laughs) Remember, they've been working on and off with the Inhumans movie as well. The Illuminati each possess one of the Infinity Stones so as to help prevent it from ever forming the gauntlet. Then you got the Infinity Watch, too. So, well... But isn't Professor X one of the Illuminati? Yes. Yes, he is. Right. Oh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, but here's a possibility. If the Infinity War, Thanos collects and has to fight with all the Infinity Stones, maybe at the end of Infinity Wars, it leads into the Illuminati, which could lead into Planet Hulk. Mm. But it then again, the stone in. that um, Professor X had was the Mind Stone since he had psychic powers. Vision is the one who has that stone in his head. So, ah. so, so Vision would technically be the owner right. of that. Could replace him. And, and when Professor X died, they actually gave it to Hank McCoy the Beast. But as far MCU is concerned, they could, it, they could give it to Vision, mm. back to Vision, so he becomes alive again. Okay. You know, the Pinocchio and effect. And he could become part of the Illuminati. Around okay. what are Doctor Strange's powers in the comics? Um, and just list them. It could be pre-retcon. Um, just so that, that the listeners are aware of what he's truly capable of doing. Post, what, 
His Supreme. original power is he's Sorcerer Supreme, Infinite Longevity and Fearlessness, Mystic Bolt, Astral Projection, um, Conjuring of Objects, Transmutation, Telepathy, Telekinesis, Flight, Hypnotism, Hypnotism, Illusions, Intangibility, Time Manipulation, like in the movie, Elemental Manipulation, Teleportation, Dimensional Travel, Universal Awareness, Various Random Spells, He's able to use words to control objects. Energy projection, pyrokinesis, chrotokinesis, which is the ability to manipulate the cold. Um, divine sources, which he could channel extra dimensional energy through anything. Um, he has dark, dark magic powers, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> Oh, that <laughs> I love this. There's this meme that says, Doctor Strange can turn your asshole into a duck. <laughs> like, like, he's that powerful. But let's talk about posts. Right. So right now in the comics. Right now in the comics, they've gone a complete 180. Where previously, Doctor Strange could do pretty much anything. He had a spell that could, for, an answer for anything. He did not really need any other objects except for his Eye of Akamoto which, and, cloak of and his Cloak of Levitation. That's it. Besides he that, knew, if there was a spell you could think of, it fixed every problem. Right. But now, um, there is an alien race that is going throughout the multiverse, killing off called all the called the Empirical, killing off all sources of magic. As stated earlier, magic is an energy source that is tapped into from various dimensions. So they're going from dimension to dimension, killing off the, the power sources at the source themselves. Let's, let's explain that. So, so basically, if you take like one of the objects that you saw in the movie, so you take like, what was it, of Latum? The, 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 uh, the wand of Latum or something like that? Something like that. Something like that. Right? You have... Um, you know, the Eye of Agamotto, right? Agamotto is actually um, a beam, and it channels its energy from that source. So, like we're talking about Sidorak, you have the Juggernaut's um, helmet, which has the Gem of Sidorak. The Gem of Sidorak channels its energy through that dark magic. So now, they really don't explain that, they, I like how they tie it into what's going on now. They kind of say, you know, magic comes at a cost, and we'll get into that. But all these artifacts have, like, a source. Like, Watum is an actual, you know, there's a place. temple. It's a place. And most of them are gods, and that's where it comes from. Right. I don't know about sling rings. But, <laughs> so... So we're here, in, initially in the comics, Doctor Strange doesn't really require any outside sources or talismans or, or artifacts or anything to help him out. Now, in this new line of Doctor Strange, they're wiping the slate clean of all sources of magic. They can't, he can't tap into these sources anymore, There's, basically. You know, you, you've heard of maybe the Vashanti. The Vashanti is three gods that work together to grant magic to uh, the Sorcerer Supremes. And they actually reveal that there's not just Doctor Strange as the 
Sorcerer Supreme of everything. Each uh, dimension has their own Sorcerer Supreme. The Empirical is going through killing all of them. Okay. In, in what they believe is, should be the new By the way, Isaac science. Newton is a Sorcerer Supreme. Spoilers. And um, a mindful one. And there's actually an ancient one. Um, a young ancient one. Yes. A not-so-ancient one. A not-so-ancient one. But, yeah, pretty much, like, you know, the Empirical, and basically what kills magic is science. And that's kind of like um, the way they're explaining it now. And you got, like, this cool little place. It's like, um, what is it called? The the bar. Oh, the bar. And it's like it's, kind it's of only like, available to, to only available to sorcerers. to sorcerers. We've never seen that before in the comics. That the sorcerers, you got um, Doctor Voodoo, you got Scarlet Witch. They come for a drink at this bar. <laughs> you got um, oh, man, I even uh, who Alyssa Rap- Rasputin uh, magic goes there. What's what's the guy with shotgun? He's pretty cool. Monaco. Or something oh, like Monaco, that. Yeah. Monaco. Like this old magician. He's, I don't know if he had a shotgun. But there's an old magician from World War II. And basically he explains to Doctor Strange. Because he kills rabbits. And he explains to Doctor Strange that magic comes with a cost. And you look at Doctor Strange's history. Like when he first did his spells. And they don't show this in MC at all. At all um, he vomits. Because his body's changed. From being somebody that is like an actual functioning human being that could eat normal. He needs to actually eat things from other dimensions. Things that would kill a human being, he eats. And he describes his inside kind of like being like a nuclear holocaust. Because he's suffering constantly. And what happens is he ends up, you know... Putting these these negative energies into like this creature that's in a cellar, um, and then there's monks in the monastery that you see in the movie that actually like take his pain. He doesn't really know about that till later on, but um, eventually it all comes back to him, and he needs to now um, you know pay his dues. And I like in the movie they actually mention that that it comes at a cost. Because it made me think back to that. Um, Also, now, he basically has no magic to tap into because they take out, you know, we're left to speculate, the Vajanti are gone. Well, either they're gone or at least Doctor Strange no longer has the ability to tap into their, their power source. He has no way to communicate with them. The antennas are gone. So, yeah. So, you can't get those signals anymore. And he needs to basically seek out these artifacts. Doctor Strange and the other mystics, uh, like Talisman from Alpha Flight, they all have to go across the globe finding what's left of sources of magic on the planet. Old sources of magic were talismans. Hmm. Physical things that had magic stored in them. Uh, And now he's got to use these weapons... And one of them, for you Walking Dead fans, is a baseball bat wrapped in enchanted barbed wire. And he, wow. and he actually actually smacked the shit out of a, a mystical bug creature <laughs> with a, a bat wrapped in barbed wire. I don't know if they're going to do that and now. On the no. Well, no. But 
you got to get into the this is the, even though the WWE is, did it. First. This is the all new, all different Marvel that we like. Yes, um, right. they're doing a lot with that with Thor. But what's interesting, um, and to play off comics, the oath was a big part of this movie. So you got Nicodemus. Nicodemus was like the doctor that he embarrassed, and he was actually the main villain in Oath. Um, was was he really? Why? What Basically, he, he did what he did in the movie. He fixed his hands, and Doctor Strange, you know, was a jerk to him. Well, in the movie, it's interesting because he's kind of like this second-rate surgeon. Yeah, he wasn't exactly well, the. It all compared to Doctor the, the rooster in the hen house is going was, to be a second-rate. Yeah, but if you ask Doctor Strange, right, right? But right. there's a whole thing with pharmaceutical companies, and they're kind of like the bad guys, and he. He practices magic, kind of like Strange, who went on the same path to kind of, like, heal people. Um, I guess, like, would you say more of, like, the guilt of Strange, or... I don't know what drove him. I would say the guilt. Yeah. And you find out that Wong has cancer, and Strange... This is in the comic book. This is the comic book, Oath. And Strange needs to basically find the cure for cancer and in the process he gets shot by brigand or something like that this thief that has hitler's magic handgun and yes, hitler's, handgun. hitler's magic handgun is really like in the movie uh what's named like that that extra dimensional blade Right, Cassilius's blade is Hitler's ma magic handgun, and then he goes to the operating table, and he goes into his actual form. It was like literally from the pages of Oath. But um, what I thought was interesting is um, Nicodemus wanted this elixir that that Strange ends up battling a god for, and it's like there's two scenes he makes quick work to a god. I mean, that's how powerful he is in comics. Um, but this elixir cures everything, cures any sort of disease you might have um, for human beings. So what happens when the human race is able to take this elixir and mass produce it? And that's what Nicodemus is trying to not do. Um, Nicodemus actually wants to get rid of it so the pharmaceutical companies can continue to make these medicines and make profit off of, and this is like, you know, something kind of like in so real life. Real life. Yeah. So yeah. real life. Again, goes back to why I really the, like Marvel. You know, like, right, with the EpiPens. Yes. They and, feel, um, which Brian has to take. Right. And they feel like it's a, lot, a way a to keep do. Yeah. the human race in check because we'll overpopulate. We need to die. So that's their perspective. And I think Strange is actually more on the side of keeping it, um, but it, it ends up getting lost. But his main purpose was more so for Wong. Yes. Um, but it's interesting that like eternal life was a theme. It was a theme that um, Cassilius wanted. Well, it upset um, Mordu's character the fact that the Ancient One was preserving her own life by tapping into the dark universe. Right. And that's that's interesting because it's almost like 
They don't really explain why, but I'm sure there's like a greater reason. She needed to be there. Um, you know, she, this is, you're talking people that look into the future. So like she needed this. She needed to be around for as long as she needed to be around to, I guess, protect the earth. Well, she trusted herself. Yeah. But then it's, it goes to show that age old story, if power gets into the wrong hands, which it's going to in Mordu's case in part two or part three, however they try to do it, that it could be for worse. But with her, well, she, because you trust her as a good guy, she's the one who you trusted herself with that power. And when it came time to die, um, she was grateful to have that, had that, that's lived the, the whole, life that she did. That's the whole thing with Doctor Strange. I mean, Doctor Strange channels, like I said, with all these artifacts, his energy from demons, from dark magic. So the fact that she's using it for good you know, plays into the comics because he, he's sold his soul before. Right. I mean, it all comes at a cost. So let's, let's bring it to a close. What do you want to see out of a Dr. Strange part two and a part three? Start with Brian. At the end of Dr. Strange, after he defeats Stormammu and everyone who worships him is being absorbed by him, you see them slowly turn into mindless ones. Mm. So maybe at the end, even though he made a deal with Dormammu not to interfere himself, maybe Mordo will actually try will actually try to go to Dormammu since he is a major magical source. We'll try to go to him and accidentally release his mindless ones who are also using magic. So maybe Doctor Strange has to defeat like the mindless ones terrorizing the city. And close the portal, and that's like the main major thing that happens. Okay. I mean, you see, um, Cassilius turn into a mindless one, right? You saw like all his disciples; yes. they, they kind of like hunched over, and they had like the cyclops yes. on. The, the body morphs. So, where do you, where do you want to see the Doctor Strange sequels go, Mike? I want to see him fight some astronomically strong, like. Demons, entities. You're salivating over a Shumagorath meetup. Yeah, I mean, I want to see him, (laughs) like, fight the villains that he's fought. I mean, they can't kind of, like... Like, I understand as an origin story, you have Cassilius. And you have somebody that's, like, not a major player. And then you treat us with Dormammu, but it's left to the other movies. But let's see it in the other movies. And let's see Mordo become... You know, the Mordo that we know in the comics, because he's more of a friend, but I want to see his demons. I want to see, you know, why Mordo is Mordo. Um, I don't know how many movies you could really go so much with Doctor Strange, because you're going to have Infinity War, and he's going to be a major player in it. But at least the next movie, I want to see that. And in the MCU, you know... Infinity War. I mean, that's that's all I've been looking forward to. I want to see it play out similar to the comics. You know, Thanos' quest. First of all, Infinity War was a total different event. Infinity War happened with the Magus. And this is a character that I want to see introduced. Well, he is going to be in that movie. He's going to be in it? Um, is it confirmed, though? We got to conf- we got to confirm that because then 
if that's the case, Infinity War is a total different story. Now, the Magus is actually the one that gets the Infinity Gauntlet, who is Adam Warlock. Now, Adam Warlock is, they call him him. He's like this Earth-created... Yes, there um, was a group of scientists from what they call the Enclave who tried to genetically create life. And the perfect being they called him. And uh, he evolved into this Adam Warlock is imbued with cosmic power and gets almost you, a godlike power. Do you think that they're going to go that route? I mean, I, I think this can. could be a rumor. Because it's like unknown actor as Magus. Yeah. yeah, but before this, it, I've actually been able to find out actors on this before they were officially released. Oh, really? So it, it, the it's, it's of good authority. Yeah. Usually. All right. I am for it. I just thought it was all going to build up to Thanos. I thought they would, they, would sp- they would spread out their villains and not try to force so many into one that, movie. That's like a huge story. And, and that's a whole different thing. I mean, you got like, you know, the entire universe from a different dimension coming about. You got like... All the superheroes get nuked. Like, all, all these crazy things. And the Magus, the Magus looks like Gene Simmons. <laughs> like, a purple Gene Simmons. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's crazy. Do you, like, think, do you think it could be Al Pacino? <laughs> that would be great. Al Pacino was seen at Marvel headquarters. It used to be Adam Warlock. Within the past year. That would be weird. And he's gone on the record as lobbying for a role in the MCU. Really? Now, Kevin Smith, on his podcast, threw out the possibility of Pacino being um, MODOK. Personally, I I think Al Pacino is better than MODOK. Better as MODOK? No, better than than being... Oh, you wouldn't waste him on MODOK? No, they need Donald Trump as MODOK. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Oh, man, you heard it here First, folks, Donald <laughs> Trump in the MCU as Modoc. But um, that would actually be pretty good casting. That would be kind of fun. I think everybody would. He should have like the hand gestures with a little hand. I'm going to build a wall. I can't do it. Would pay money to see Trump. Captain America or the Hulk punch the shit out of Modoc yeah. if Modoc was Donald Trump. With like his Modoc voice. What do you think, Lance? I think based on the. the post credit scene with Thor, you see, as, as we touched on, Stephen Strange kind of graduate and probably move into the mantle of uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see him in that, that position go off Earth and go into some of these other dimensions and maybe meet some of these other characters that can play upon things. He's got to get out of the comfort zone of being on Earth. Mm-hmm. That's where the Avengers will be. Right. So he's got to do the outlandish, which is what he's there for. Right. That's what I want to see. A part of me wants to see him sort of butt heads with Daredevil and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man's got to be. He's right in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. He could just swing by 
Uh, but I and think they that have, and they are friends. They have teamed up before. Like right, Spider-Man has teamed up whatever. So there's a lot of fodder there yes. for for big movies. And but I think that it would be good if you're going to do a move, a Doctor Strange movie, he should be taken out of Earth, yes. right? But it could tie into Netflix because Doctor Strange has always been the leader of the Defenders, which we know the Netflix Marvel series is leading into That's the Defenders. Yes. So is, do you think they're going to draft them in? I, I haven't heard really, anything, it's really, and I haven't seen them ever at this point in time. Say that. You know, mix the two, the problem but it would be fantastic to be see. Iron Fist will be their main major. You know what I want to see as a scene in Infinity War? The Thanos pimp slap. <laughs> yeah, you have to have it. You have to have it. Have you ever seen the scene with the Thanos pimp slap? Yeah. Yeah. He does, like, these pimp slaps. For like, our, he pimp slaps, like, well. yeah. Like the Silver Surfer, the Thanos pimp slap. They have to have it. They have to have him just like go up to like, like Drax and and the Hulk and pimp slap him. Right. That's gonna be the name of the next Avengers movie. Thanos Infinity War pimp slap. Yeah, pimp slap. Pimp slap. Part two. It's gonna be Infinity War pimp slap. Infinity Gauntlet backhand. (laughs) All right. So we should close it out. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. time.